Join with me for the next few minutes as I leave with you a message that the Lord has laid in my heart. to share with you some thoughts about the subject of true biblical worship. Let me take for my text, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, 29. It says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. These words are repeated in Psalm 29 and verse 2. And I was thinking of this subject of why God's people congregate to gather in the Lord's day to worship him. Now the answer straightforward. It's clear and plain because of the precepts of Scripture. And here's one of them. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. God's people gather together because it is a command found in the Holy Scriptures. And out of love for the Lord, and out of a desire to serve and bring honour and glory to him, we gather together in obedience to that command. But it's not only because of the precepts of Scripture, but because also of the pattern of Scripture. It's the, been the pattern of the Church of Jesus Christ down through the centuries to gather together on the Sabbath day. We look upon that as the first day of the week, the day when we give thanks to God for the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Remember, through his cross work and bloodshedding, he triumphed over hell and the grave, the devil and sin. And we gather together to give thanks to God, especially for the triumph of his resurrection. As we gather together, we meet for the singing of praise. The Bible tells us, praise ye the Lord. That's why we sing and worship God with the Psalms and the paraphrases and the old hymns of Zion. But we not only praise God through song, but we also thank him from our hearts for who he is and what he is like and what he has done. We thank him for the great work of creation, the work of providence and the work of redemption. We gather to give him thanks for the demonstration of his love for us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't the Bible say in 1 John 4 and 10, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for us. And one of the greatest things that we can contemplate as we gather for worship is the knowledge that for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Also, we have the opportunity for prayer. And during my own worship service, especially on the Lord's Day, I offer the prayer of thanksgiving, but I also have a prayer of intercession and bring specific needs to God. And during this prayer of intercession, we have opportunity to confess our sins to God and ask for a fresh cleansing in the precious blood. We also come with an offering. We willingly bring our tithes and offerings and we bring them before the Lord. We worship him in that way. So, so giving is an essential act and part of worship. And we also meet to listen to the Word of God. For as the Word of God is read to us 
and explain to us that through the opening up of the scriptures we begin to understand what the will of God is for our lives and we have that desire and that aspiration created within us whereby we can bring ourselves and offer ourselves afresh to him. Now these are all the essential elements of true Bible belief and worship. And this has been the pattern of the church of Jesus Christ down through the centuries. And it's wonderful when we can gather together to remember that he is worthy of such praise. We remember that he, uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ, is to us Alpha and Omega. He is the Lord of all. He indeed is one who is truly worthy as the scripture says of him in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. And we're thankful that he indeed this very day is creator and maker, that, that he is redeemer and we're conscious of our great need of him. I share these few thoughts with you today because of this reason. Much of what passes for worship in some so-called Christian churches is not true worship. True worship is not about what we can get out of it. It's not about us coming out with a, a great excited feeling within ourselves. It's not about us feeling good. Uh, sometimes people evaluate the effectiveness of true worship about how they feel. But it's not about how we feel. It's about what we give. We come to give glory to God. We come to offer to him our praise. We return him thanks for his goodness and mercy to us. We especially thank him for the demonstration of his love through the life and the uh, death, especially in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And here's the reason for true worship. But let me think for a few moments about the risk of true worship. See, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Even in Paul's day, some had left off true worship. They had forgot the precept of Scripture. They had forgot this old prophetical apostolic pattern set down for the worshipping of God. And therefore, there was neglect in their part. There was complacency. You've heard the little story that uh, out of sight, out of mind. And I fear especially for many within the professing Christian church, especially in light of this COVID-19 pandemic and all the restrictions that was placed upon churches, that the danger is that some of God's professing people would deliberately choose or somehow neglect true Bible-believing worship. And I call upon you to remember that scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, 25. It's not just about apostasy from the faith, but it's about turning away your ear and your eye and your heart's desire toward the God who made you and the God who calls you to worship. Sadly, many have neglected to worship God during this time of pandemic. Now, thankfully, even though our church was closed to the public gatherings of God's people, we were open. We moved our services immediately online. We had a full service online. We had prayers. We had prayer with the reading of the scriptures. We had an opportunity for offering uh, through our uh, tithely uh, mechanism that was set up on our church website. And then, of course, we had the preaching of the word of God. And we just didn't give a little um, uh, thumbnail. We, we actually gave a full exposition of the word of God as God enabled us. Now, why did we do that? 
we didn't essentially maintain this pattern that's been the church's pattern down through the ages for true biblical worship. And we, we fear that people would fall into the habit of neglecting true biblical worship. So therefore we felt it was essential, even though we moved it online, even though the church was closed to public gatherings of God's people, we, we were still meeting together through the internet for our worship services. And we had two services here on the Lord's Day, the morning and the evening. Those are the risks to true worship in our day and generation. The risk is that you neglect it. The risk is that you become complacent. The risk is that you allow the habit to be formed in your life that you leave it off altogether. So therefore we call upon you to remember that scripture, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And I would ask you in closing to think about the resolve of true Bible-believing worship. If a command has been given and a pattern has been laid down, then we've got to ask ourselves, what is my resolve? Do I see this as a priority? Remember the Bible says, Woe unto them that profane the Sabbath. And how many today among the godless masses have no fear, thought, nor regard for the things of God. The one day and seven principle is just set aside and they do their own thing. And they have no thought about their maker and creator. No thought that this is the God, the God of the Bible, is the very God in whose hand their breath is. And I asked that the Lord be merciful to them. I asked that the Lord give them repentance unto life, that the Lord would mercifully step in and save them. But I call upon you who profess to be saved, and I'm well acknowledging this day that there's those who are in health and strength and can come to the house of God. I'm well aware that others are not enjoying that full measure of health and strength. Some have been in hospital and just out of it. Others are at home recuperating from various illnesses, some even from COVID. And we commend them to God. And we know that you're physically not able to come to the house of God. Some are caring for elderly loved ones. Some are caring for children. And therefore there's a difficulty and a constraint in coming out. But I call upon all who are able-bodied, even to remember this coming Lord's Day, as Carrie Duff FPC opens again, now on the 7th of March here for public worship once again, a face-to-face -face gathering, we ask that you remember and we ask that you take on board these few thoughts about true biblical worship. And I pray that it will be your resolve to be found in attendance before the Lord, the Lord enabling you, because remember the scripture says, so then every one of us, shall give an account of himself to God. I don't want you to feel forced to come. I want you to resolve in your heart to decide before God. The Bible says that it's a delight uh, to, to call the Sabbath a, a, a joy and a pleasure. And I would urge upon you to remember that scripture, delight thyself also in the Sabbath. See it as a great joy. Come with a spirit of enthusiasm, a, a spirit of excitement. Come with a spirit of expectation because you're coming to meet with the living and the true God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you today and for taking the trouble to listen to these few thoughts. Thank you very much. <laughs>